Welcome to the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. This is episode number 29 of the podcast. It is currently Friday night, 11.16 p.m. The reason why I'm recording this now is I'm going on vacation for a week, so no podcast over the next really week and a half. I'm recording this because news broke tonight that while not huge news in itself, and really news came out today that really isn't huge news in itself, like the actual news isn't very big, but the implications or or, or the chain reaction of the news could have a, a, a huge impact on the rest of the offseason for the 49ers, so that's where we're going to start today's show. Earlier today, it was reported the San Francisco 49ers saw an increase, saw an influx of $11 million in the sour cap due to players like Richard Sherman uh, and many others not meeting their incentive. So uh, if you don't know what that is, really it means that if they didn't play as many games as the contract said, if, if they weren't an all-pro player, if they didn't have four interceptions, if they didn't hit the incentive marker, on their contract, in their contract, that money then is returned to the Niners. So the Niners received $11 million today, getting their cap somewhere between $23-24 million, which then obviously helps re-sign players like Trent Williams, Jason Moret. But on top of that, today they also re-signed Marcel Harris, the linebacker-safety hybrid who saw more playing time after Tart got hurt towards the end of the season. And then Ross Dwelly, who is Grant Cohen's favorite tight end on the roster, but he's like tight end number two behind George Kittle. Um, he saw a lot of playing time this year um, when Reed and Kittle were both injured, but, but, but Harris and Dwelly are both re-signed to one-year contracts. Um, it is unknown exactly what the structure of those contracts are it's likely fully guaranteed contracts to keep their cap hit lower um but they all the Niners also declined Mark uh, Ziocha's uh 1.5 2021 uh, contract option so they're going to save 1.5 million dollars by declining uh his option so which gets their now cap or to around roughly 24.5 25-ish million dollars um which is much higher than the initial report of around $13 million. So roughly a big day today for the Niners offseason. So that's where we're going to start. That is what happens next. And when I initially heard the Niners had received this money, my mind went to, oh boy, um, it made me happy and said, look, now they can bring back Trent Williams. Now they can re-sign Jason Verrett, bring back Kyle Juszczyk. We now have the ability to uh, to structure contracts in a way that give us more flexibility. Um, but I think there's two ways of looking at it. The first one is just that. It is we can bring back everybody. We can bring back our top priorities in free agency. We can bring back Williams, Verrett, Juszczyk, uh, Kendrick Bourne. We can bring back Mosley and K1 Williams and... Uh, and Kerry Hyder, like that's that's the simple way of looking at it. Of look, we can bring back every single person we need that was on the team this past season, and then add more in the draft. Uh, it's a, it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but a, a very true and honest way of like this team, if healthy, is a playoff team. This team, if healthy, 
is fighting for an NFC championship in bringing back the 30 free agents we have and then adding more talent, adding more depth behind them in the draft is always going to be a good option. The other way of looking at this is you can still bring back Verrett, you can bring back Trent Williams, you can bring back and re-sign your top priority free agents, but what this does is because you now have the added cap, you have the added money, it opens the door and almost lessens the need for 10 draft picks. Now, let me be clear in saying this, that I'm not saying trade your first, second, third, fourth, fifth round pick. What I'm saying here is is that due to the the increase in cap, due to the increase in the ability to re-sign your free agents, what it does is, is it means you don't have to hit on your third round pick to replace a starter. You don't have to uh, have your second uh, round pick be your starting cornerback now because you now have the money to bring back your starting secondary uh, uh, players. Now, of course, you want those guys to be starters in the second, first, third round, whatever it is, but you do not necessarily have to hit. You can take a risk on somebody if you want to. Um, Like my mind goes to Jalen Phillips, who has injury history in the first round. If San Francisco feels the need to trade back at 12, that's a guy you look at and say, look, he has injury history, but the upside is worth it. Um, but my point really is here is that it, it opens the door for more flexibility. Opens the door, and I'm speaking directly to the Deshaun Watson crowd here. Uh, the Niners seeing an increase of $11 million in cap with a new added ability to re-sign their off-season priority free agents opens the door for the possibility to go and acquire Deshaun Watson to go make that big move. Their their draft picks mean less because now they have the added ability to go re-sign 20 free agents instead of 15. It also means the Niners can, and maybe in some eyes, should part ways with those draft picks. They have now an incentive almost to part ways with their draft picks because now they can say, we had the secondary reassured. We have fixed the, uh, the offensive line. We brought back our receiver core. Now let's get the big fish. So for those fans who want Deshaun Watson or want the Niners to make that big splash in the offseason, this t- today, <laughs> being Friday, March 5th, is a great day for you because now the Niners now have the option to do so. Prior so or prior to today, the option while on the table wasn't really uh, wasn't really realistic. It, it really it was on the table, but it wasn't necessarily like a, a, a viable, valid option because they had so many question marks going of do they have the money? If they do so, do they have to trade Jimmy? And I will tell you now that uh, for all you Deshaun Watson fans out there, for all you people who want them to go out and get their franchise quarterback, while I'm not going to guarantee that the added money does that, the implication behind it really is now they actually can go make that move and not take a big enough hit or a a big hit. Like, they can go out and make that move for Deshaun Watson and they can trade the 12th overall pick. They can trade their second round pick and they can trade Garoppolo and whatever else it would take, obviously, uh, to make that move happen and... Uh, the the repercussions, if you would say, 
would not be as bad because they would still have some draft capital. They would also have uh, also more money on top of getting rid of Garoppolo, but they would have the the financial flexibility to make a move like that and then bring back the remaining free agents. So if today's a day uh, to cheer, uh, it is because the Niners now do have the ability, well, I'm not going to say they will or predict it, they now have the ability to. And I think if we all were in the boat, we would all say having the ability to make a move like Deshaun Watson with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who have shown the willingness to be aggressive and make a trade like a D Ford or a Garoppolo, uh, it, <laughs> it should put a smile on your face because, really, like once you open that door for Lynch and Shanahan, the odds of them running right through it and acquiring Sean Watson do go up exponentially. So today seems like a pretty good day for your for all you Deshaun Watson stands out there. And I I know I bantered back and forth with you guys on Twitter um, about it. And, and until today, like, I've had a change of heart. Not in that I don't want Deshaun or I, I want to trade Jimmy, but I'm always someone who looks at it and says, it's not really a viable option. Well, depending on how Shanahan Lynch in the front office structure contracts, depending on how much they value draft picks, which, let's be honest here, more cap means each draft pick lowers in value, they now have the possibility to make that big move. They now have the possibility to go out and acquire the white whale that is Deshaun Watson, or maybe go out and acquire uh, the big-name receiver. Whoever it may be out there, the Niners now have the ability to acquire the big name free agent or go make the big name trade you want them to do so um but more so diving into the the Marcel Harris dwelly thing the, the dwelly resigning doesn't it doesn't really matter to me he's a depth tight end who uh his best game of his career came against Arizona in 2019 he's a guy familiar with the system a guy who knows how to run the offense or be a part of the offense so bringing him back makes sense knowing how Charlie Warner did struggle last year knowing the unknown of having Jordan Reed back is that a guy you bring back or are you drafting a guy uh, just having someone behind Kittle who knows the offense because let's be honest here Kittle has injuries um, and has a history of them so bringing Dwelly back makes a ton of sense uh, but Marcel Harris to me actually intrigues me because uh, and I had a conversation today with Zane Nukvi from uh, the 49ers web zone. Uh, and he, we were talking about um, who was playing strong safety. Now, later in the year, Jimmy Ward was playing strong safety because Tart was gone and Tart was out towards the end of the year. Uh, and Tavares Moore was playing free safety. And I like that experiment. I like where that went, although I would agree Moore needs to continue to progress playing safety, get better in coverages. Don't be the guy who has, um, who's, who's, well, I do like his, his, his want and desire to take a chance and try to make a big hit or try to get the interception. He does need to keep the plane in front of him more. He's, he's, he, he's a big swing and a miss guy. Uh, so if you, if you play baseball or watch baseball, you have the strikeouts are increasingly rising. The guy who can have 40 home runs, but he can also have 200 strikeouts in a season. 
Like, that's what Tavarius Moore is. He's a guy who can have four or five interceptions, but he can also miss six tackles that, that lead to touchdowns or a 50-yard play. Um, so that's why I like bringing back Harris. Again, the the familiarity he brings to the defense, well, I think me and you would also agree that he does struggle in coverage a lot of the time. Um, while he isn't awful, but he has made big plays, the, the Ravens game comes to mind, stripping... Lamar Jackson, um, but towards the end of the year, they were kind of experimenting with him, and I'm not sure if that was Robert Sala doing so, if that wasn't uh, Demeco Ryan's having somewhat of an input on how he wants to use him in the future, but they were using him in kind of this this like quasi-Mark Barron style role, now not entirely that way, and not, ent- not entirely in the way that the Cardinals want to use Isaiah Simmons. But he was playing more in the box. He was playing this linebacker, strong safety hybrid, and he did see uh, some success in that role. And I think on a one-year deal where you have a ton of free agents, you want to keep some depth in the secondary. Uh, the only person in in of their safeties who isn't under contract now is Tart, and I think Tart. Is replaceable, so I think bringing back Harris uh, is a great move. Not because he's going to make a big splash or he's going to, you know, break out this year, but he's going to bring some level of comfort when he's playing linebacker slash you know strong safety. Someone who can be there and you go, I trust you, especially if you have to draft a rookie uh, in the second round. Like like my mind goes to Tariq Thompson. He's obviously going to be a later round pick, like a sixth round pick, a guy who can come in, but. Like, if you're relying on a rookie, or if the Niners feel comfortable with Tavarius Moore and Jimmy Ward out there being free safety and strong safety, uh, bringing back Harris is even more of a great move because then it adds, like, the the, the second-tier safety group. He can now be that somewhat of a veteran presence if it's Moore and Harris or if it's Ward and, uh, and Harris. Like, he can kind of be this, while you may be across from someone who... You're not as good as, like, Ward. If he's playing across Ward, he's not as good as Ward. But you would trust him out there on the field. Um, but, and again, this podcast is going to be pretty quick today because I'm going on vacation. <laughs> but uh, other news came out that I think we all knew, and that's Weston Richburg. He recently had hip surgery. He's likely not going to return for the Niners. Um, this this is an easy and obvious thing that I think we all talked about. I've talked about it plenty of times. Um, and this more adds to the need to add a center in the offseason. Now, the Niners can, speaking of money, they can cut him and free up somewhere between $5 million, if I believe that's correct. Um, I don't know if he has an injury settlement or like an injury guarantee, but they can free up a large chunk of money um, by cutting Weston Richburg, which again goes to if they have $23 million already due to the $11 million in flux and cap space, well, that'll turn into $15 million. And so you look at that and you're saying, wow, we're around $30 million in cap, which again goes back to my main point, saying the Niners right now already have more flexibility and they haven't done the probably two to three, maybe even four restructures they're going to do. Like Lakin Tomlinson is a, a, a definite candidate for that. Um, and they haven't even cut the players they're going to cut. Like, they cut Mark, Mark Nizoka today, but they're also going to cut Richburg most likely. They could even cut D Ford, although I have heard some rumblings that might not be the case this year. But again, my point more so is that 
they haven't even made the necessary moves that can free up bigger chunks of cap space, which again, the more those moves happen, the more those moves they can re-sign guys to one-year deals, guaranteed money like Harris and Dwelly, get them on cheaper deals and can save more money or limit the amount of money they're spending on free agents, then they can cut guys like Richburg who carry a larger cap hit but can also free up $5 million in the process is only going to add to the possibility of getting someone like Deshaun Watson. So I'm not saying that they're going to, but John Middlecoff, I don't know how plugged in he is, but he was saying there was rumblings of there being something big happening. I don't know what that is. I don't know what Middlecoff was alluding to. But I can tell you now, what's the one name you've been hearing on the market? Now, I've said plenty of times that the Niners always zig and everybody else zags. This could be a, a cornerback like Stephon Gilmore. This could be an edge rusher. I don't know who it would be, but it could be. But the big fish on the market is Deshaun Watson. The Niners are opening the door to if they wanted to, they could be the top dog for Deshaun Watson. Now, with that being said, what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo? At around, I want to say, 11 o'clock, 10.30 tonight, being Friday, March 5th, uh, a report came out from the Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard. Uh, Greg Bedard, he his report released and said uh, the Patriots obviously want to reunite with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, this isn't new news. This is something I've heard since week 7 when we played them in New England. This is something that has been kind of the underlying, yeah, we get it. Yes, we already know this since they traded Garoppolo to the Niners in 2017. We all know the story. Now Belichick didn't want to get rid of Garoppolo. He wanted to keep him and wanted to get rid of Brady. Well, now Brady's gone. Garoppolo's gone. And in a certain climate of the Niners, there is a good chance, a possible chance, that he can get Garoppolo back. I have heard this, the New England uh, sports radio has been talking about this, the Boston media has been clamoring for this, they have wanted Jimmy Garoppolo back uh, for years, and it has only become more rampant since Garoppolo's injury history, and since the Niners were openly discussing upgrading with Brady in the offseason, and then Stafford this offseason. So, while his initial report isn't new news, uh, what the report said uh, just kind of reveals how adamant the Patriots are. Now again, uh, Bedard said, and this is the exact quote, from what I gather from talking to people this week over the past week, Jimmy Garoppolo still is far and away there, being the Patriots, plan A at quarterback, that if they had to draw it up exactly, uh, Exactly the optimal situation for the Patriots this coming season is Jimmy Garoppolo coming back here, that being New England. And of course, that's all dependent on the Niners doing something. So I think it's important to point out that, and we already know this, that Jimmy Garoppolo's future doesn't hinge on me or you saying, I want a new quarterback. It hinges on what the Niners view as being best. Now, John Lynch has said that they fully expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be 
the Niners' starting quarterback in 2021. Now, I think many of us would say, okay, that's fine. Like, I like Jimmy Garoppolo enough to give him one more year. Assure up the offensive line because there's no harm, no foul in doing so. Uh, add offensive weapons because, there's, again, there's no harm, no foul in doing so. Um, but if you listen to what everybody's saying, and what I mean by everybody, I mean Adam Schefter, Matt Mayoko, uh, uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, what they're all saying is, is that unless something changes, unless something big happens, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the 49ers starting quarterback in 2021. Well, my mind goes to, if John Middlecoff is saying something big is happening, now again, like I said earlier, I don't know what he means by that. He could mean getting Stefan Gilmore, for all I know. But I'm just trying to connect these loose, you know, these, uh, loosely connect these dots here. So, if all these insiders who know a ton about the Niners, the organization, and the NFL, who have obviously talked to somebody in the front office who are connected very well with them, if they're saying that unless something big happens, well, my mind thinks, well, wouldn't getting $11 million in cap space be something big? Wouldn't uh, get cutting Western Richburg and getting another $5 million, getting your cap space total towards $30 million be big? Wouldn't being able to lessen the value of your draft picks because of your cap space ultimately allowing you to part with them for a Deshaun Watson-esque player be kind of a big change? I believe so. Wouldn't being able to get rid of Garoppolo and save $24 million roughly adding and getting your cap space up to around 45 to $50 million estimated be a big change? I think so. Like, not only would, and I, again, I'm not advocating for anything. I'm not, I'm not advocating for getting Watson or, or getting rid of Garoppolo. All I'm saying here is, is that the door is open. Something big, and this may not be as big as they'd want it to be. This could just be me speculating, and that's fine. But again, when everyone's saying oh, something big happens, well, my mind thinks that getting $11 million is is big in itself, but then cutting Richburg, lowering the value of your draft picks, and then being able to part ways with Garoppolo, possibly getting one of those draft picks back, might be the option. Like, imagine this. Uh, you free up cap space, you have $30 million in cap space, you have Garoppolo as your quarterback. Then you go, okay, well, if I'm getting a quarterback, and let's say the plan this year is to draft a quarterback, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever it is, and you're weighing the options. What if Shanahan and Lynch are weighing the options? Are we going to trade up two, three, four picks to five with Cincinnati? Are we going to trade to the third pick with Miami for a quarterback, a rookie quarterback uh, who is unproven? Or we could trade for Deshaun Watson. I think they would say, hey, let's get rid of the 12th pick. Let's get rid of next year's first round pick. We'll give a 2022 first-round draft pick, and we will give you Jimmy Garoppolo, to which then you can restructure, or whatever they want to do. They can then move those picks because those picks mean less to them because of the cap space they will free up. Now, Deshaun Watson has a $19 million cap space in 2021, Garoppolo 24. Okay, roughly $5 more million. 
obviously then you would not get to have the $50 million cap hit. But again, if you're already at 30 and you're adding five more, having $35 million in a year where you want to bring back Barrett, Williams, maybe Kendrick Bourne, uh, Kerry Hyder, Kyle Juszczyk, and even re-sign Fred Warner, you are literally opening the door. And not just opening. You are kicking, you're kicking it down Chuck Norris style from the 1980s and saying, look, I'm here. Give me the car. I want the keys. Like You're literally saying, give me your biggest asset. I'll give you everything you want. Because guess what? If I can get what I want, I'll give you what you want. But at the end of the day, the Niners, they are in the right now, they are in the best position to acquire Deshaun Watson. Because even if they part ways with those picks, they can literally bring back the majority, if not all of their free agents. They can keep picks from the third round down, have the flexibility to find those diamond in the rough guys, add depth behind their starters, and possibly improve the offense and defense and offensive line in the meantime. Like, again, I'm not advocating for anything. All I'm saying here is the possibility to acquire Deshaun Watson is right now. It's open. If you're gauging Chicago, maybe even Seattle in an off case, they trade Russ for Watson, maybe Dallas, a team like Carolina. If you're asking me who can offer the most other than the Jets in Miami, it's San Francisco. And from a San Francisco 49er perspective, you arguably are in the best case scenario, not only for yourself now, but also in the future. Because if you acquire Deshaun Watson, what you're losing is, while not meaningless, the value of what you're losing has has deteriorated greatly due to your your cap space increasing. Like, right now, March 5th, 11.41 p.m., the Niners are in the best possible place they could be to acquire Deshaun Watson. And while I don't know if they will, I have no sourcing saying they will, saying they might. I'm just telling you, if you're a Niner fan, and you want Deshaun Watson, and you believe this team should acquire... Deshaun Watson, you have a great, great, great chance of doing so right now. If you want to acquire the the, the white whale, uh, the, the big fish, right now is your best chance to do so. With all that being said, do I know what's going to happen? No, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this stuff, right? That's why we sit on the edge of our seats and wonder what's going on. Uh, but before we end um, tonight's show, this week's show, I guess you could say, uh, one, I want to tell everybody thank you for listening. Uh, I'm trying to do as much content as I can in between work, and I really appreciate everyone listening out there. But I want to talk about one other thing that came out today, and it wasn't like a report or news, but it was Benjamin Albright tweeted this out. He said, if the Broncos' original tender, uh, original round tender, Philip Lindsay, I wouldn't be surprised to see him either in Arizona or San Francisco. Now, I have no idea what the market value for um, Philip Lindsay is. What I do know is, is that 
Philip Lindsay could fill this Matt Breida style of runner. He's not as fast, obviously, but he can be the runner that is a change of pace guy, a guy who can give Mostert, a guy who can give Jeff Wilson Jr. hasty a break, a guy who can be not Tevin Coleman-like because Coleman was more of a power runner at times, but he plays like that to a point. I think Lindsay would benefit from being in a more rotational running back room because in Denver, he pretty much was the guy unless somehow they were signing Royce Freeman or, or until they brought in Melvin Gordon because Lindsay has dealt with the injuries. And I think for Lindsay, you bring him in on a 2.75, maybe a $4 million deal. Maybe it's one or two years, fully guaranteed for all I know to make it a cheaper hit on your cap. Like Bringing in someone like Lindsay could be beneficial to the running back room knowing Mostert had the injuries last year. Jeff Wilson Jr. had the, had the the broken ankle, broken foot, whatever it was, um, and Hasty had some injury issues as well. Like this is a year where you can bring in as many bodies as possible, and I think you bring in Lindsay, uh, or at least maybe have a good chance to bring in Lindsay. I think he can add another element to the offense, and an element that has kind of been missing. Now, granted, it's been one year, but let's also remember Matt Breida didn't play for the Niners and uh, after the Falcons game in 2019. After he fumbled in that game, Shanahan said, you are not touching the football. So really, they haven't had this style of running back to a certain degree since like week 16 or or, or, or uh, the, like week 15 of 2019. Like he would give them this kind of speed one cut runner. Now most it really is that. But, Bre- but Lindsay, excuse me, is somebody who can be inside the tackles, can be the one-cut guy in average four yards a carry, and can be much cheaper than Tevin Coleman, can be far uh, more explosive to a certain degree than Jamichael Hasty. He's a veteran guy who knows how to take care of his body, and I think although he has dealt with injuries, he is someone that can, in an offense like Shanahan's, like most players in Shanahan's offense, can be lifted to reach their highest potential. Um, and so, again, I know a lot we talked about today is re-signing people and cap hit and cap space and Deshaun Watson, but I think it's small moves like bringing in a Philip Lindsay that kind of makes an offense, you know, kind of like ties the bow on top of an offense. Like, look at the, the Niners' defense a few years back in 2019, like or 2018. It, it was all right, but like... Bringing in someone like Nick Bosa or uh, a Dre Greenlaw or Quan Alexander, guys like that, like a veteran presence like Quan is probably a better example here. Where, yes, Quan had had injuries like Lindsey. Yes, Quan was overpaid in 2019 and 2020 before he was traded, of course. And I would not say pay Lindsey big money. Obviously, he's a running back. But what I'm saying here is, is that he's someone that can bring this kind of veteran presence veteran consistency, but also is playing a position where he's not going to be needed on the field for 90% of your snaps. He's someone who can play or get like 10 carries a game, 8 carries a game, can average, you know, 3 to 4 yards, maybe get you a touchdown here and there. Like, he's someone you can bring in and go, look, like, you will be a value piece of the rotation, but we're not going to ask you to be running back one. We're going to ask you to be running back two, and if you want to pop off here and there, go ahead, but... We're not going to ask you to carry the load. You're going to share this load, and you're only going to get 25% of it. 
uh, with Mostert getting 70%, Wilson getting, you know, 15 or 20, whatever it would be. Like, Lindsey's someone you can bring in and he can he can really add something to the running back room they haven't seen since Breida week 15, week 16 of 2019. Because Coleman, his best game was against Carolina. His last good game was against Minnesota in the playoffs. And obviously, injuries this past year, um, the fires, the COVID, I, I get it. It affected him deeply and to a point where he was going to opt out and didn't. Um, and may have been a better choice for him not to be like harsh on him, but like from his health wise, probably would have been a better option. But again, bring in Lindsey, have him back up most, then you have most through Lindsey, Jeff Wilson, Hasty, maybe a rookie, maybe a Michael Carter from North Carolina, somebody on those lines, maybe a Puka Williams from Kansas. Like the, the ability the Niners have this offseason from a money standpoint, now knowing they have the cap space to re-sign their guys. They they now have the privilege, I guess you could say, to kind of uh, have their cake and eat it too. Um, last week, Rob Guerrero compared Kyle Juszczyk to first-class plane tickets. When you have first-class plane tickets, it's great. You love them. But when you have money issues, what's the first thing to go? It's the first-class plane tickets. The Niners possibly... With the money they have, and depending on how they restructure these contracts, they may now have opened the door to buy those first-class plane tickets again. And while they're up there, get some champagne. To quote Chris Jericho, have a little bit of the bubbly. Like they can go out there and they can they can you know have a little extra on the side. They can have a dessert. Uh, they can pay up a little bit to acquire the extra added piece of the puzzle. And so I think. When you put everything together, I guess the main point of this podcast was to say that, yes, the door's open for Deshaun Watson, but also, if it's not Deshaun Watson, the Niners are in a position to kind of round out this roster. They now have the added luxury, is probably the best word to use, to round out this roster in a way that, that opens the door to them to revitalize each position, and uh, while I don't think it was shut... They can open the window, open the the Super Bowl window again, or even further, or much further than it was, or what you were thinking it was going to be coming into 2021 after ending 2020. Um, So I guess all of this to say is that have faith. It seems like things are on the upward trend. Uh, Fans possibly being back in California Again, it's been a long time. Next Thursday, so today's the 5th. The 11th, I think, is the one-year anniversary of everything being shut down in California. Uh, it's been long. <laughs> it's been hard. Um, I hope all of you are okay. I hope if you've been touched by COVID. My brother had COVID. He survived. It wasn't. It didn't hit him very hard. My aunts had COVID, my, uh, and people I know have had COVID. Um, but it hasn't hit them hard to a point of you know them being seriously in the hospital. But if you have, uh, if you've lost somebody, I I'm sorry, but it seems like there's hope at the end of this tunnel. I know certain states, if, even if you don't agree with them, Texas, uh, West Virginia, Florida, they're opening up, and now California is starting to slowly follow behind. Um, get fans back at the sports games. We can start to get back to somewhat of a normal life or as much as we can 
So as we almost hit the the 37 minute mark, 36 minute mark, I want to say thank you. Keep having hope. Keep fighting every single day. Keep loving your life. Tell the person next to you love them, uh, and don't forget to to reach out to your people and tell them you care about them. Uh, and, and with all that said, with the off season now in full swing, uh, April 1st is almost here. The draft's almost here. We're around a couple weeks away from free agency opening. If you want to follow all the news, follow all the breadcrumbs and trails, you are going to want to follow 49er Access on Instagram. It is 49ers.access. And on Twitter, 49ers underscore access. That is literally my thoughts 24-7 on what's happening with the Niners organization. If you want all the news, you can follow that on Instagram. If you want my opinion, my takes, that's going to be my Twitter account. And of course, please listen to the podcast. This is me vocalizing my thoughts, my opinions uh, after I thought about them and really is the best way for me to communicate with you guys out there. And I again, I really appreciate everyone who listens. And again, DM me. I will always respond. I will always answer your tweets. I will answer your questions. I will always, always, always be there to... Even if you want to say I'm an idiot, <laughs> I, I will still be there uh, and, and I want to have these conversations. I want to talk to you guys because this is my passion. You love this team. I love this team. You care about this team. I care about this team. This is the reason why my tagline at the end of every podcast is stay faithful. And with that said, don't forget to like, share, leave a review, tell your friends, Tell your shoddy, tell your girlfriend, tell your boyfriend, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandma, your grandpa, tell your best friend, tell your boss. Heck, go tell John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, whoever it is, that until next time, stay faithful.